Hey, all you fabulous listeners. This is Brooke Thies from Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Bug Girl. You are listening to The Outsiders of Horror. Rock on. Now listening to the Outsiders of Horror podcast. <laughs> and hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Outsiders of Horror Podcast. Today, this is episode 45, where we're covering Dario Argento's hit, Deep Red, and the 2019 film that just came out on Shudder, Bliss. Uh, as always, I am joined by that beautiful, hairy wolfman himself, Brian the Wolfman Strang. Oh, hi. How are you? Oh, we don't get he another gets a nice intro. <laughs> he, yeah, awoo. Awoo. Um, yeah, awoo. <laughs> Such an intimidating wolf, isn't he? And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't announce everyone's favorite punching bag, everyone's <laughs> favorite 30 second fling, the man who only grabs your attention for a short amount of time. He might be the voice that gets you moist, but he's also the guy who hasn't had sex in 30 years. His name <laughs> is none other than Andrew Fay. <laughs> Auga. and welcome to the dollhouse of horror yes (laughs) oh good good intro buddy you never fail thank you now i'm gonna be quiet for a while and let brian do his thing (laughs) (laughs) sounds good well how's how's everyone's week going (laughs) shitty 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 I mean, sometimes I wonder why I even bother. Oh, don't even fucking bother right now. You're going to hear from me later. I'll get into it later because I have a new segment coming on later, and I'll get into why this week has been shitty and why I'm going to attack Farmer later. So stay tuned, people. It's going to be good. Oh, boy. I'm addicted to the knife. Um, so anyway... <laughs> Strang, how is how is everything going? How how are you? Uh, I I am okay. You know, another long work week, but uh, well, it is what it is, right? I mean, Man, gotta sweet. be gotta be saving up that money for Frightmare. Oh, That's I true. Know. Gotta save need- those pennies Fucking for Lloyd Cryer's shit fest over in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Three months is not a long time, and I don't have any money. I got to start pinching my fucking pennies real bad. I, right now. I know, like just seeing all these other cons announcing these names, and here we are with fucking crybaby. Cry baby. <laughs> oh boy! You know, I was, I was looking at the past guest list on TFW's website. And I, I was just going through and they had like Rose McGowan for like fucking three years straight. Like they had some really good people like and then like I'm thinking about the last like couple of years that we've gone. 
and it's like slowly kind of just deteriorated into like a big pile of shit. So, I mean, obviously the Sean Clark meatloaf thing definitely fucked us this year, but uh, which is unfortunate for all of us VIP ticket holders. But if there's one thing I've learned in promotion is that if someone is trying to resell you a ticket, but then throwing some perks at you, then maybe they're not doing so hot in the ticket sales. And that's one <laughs> thing I've noticed where they're trying to resell these premium passes, but by giving you a couple fucking goodies to entice your buttholes. And I'm, I'm not, I don't know. Is this not the year that TFW is slamming jamming like last year? I, I, I don't know. I question it. I would say for what fifteenth year, mm-hmm. I, I kind of expected more. Yeah, because you know, fifteen—that's that's a bit, little bit of a milestone itself. Yeah, I mean, they they can't go, you know, crying about Fan Expo because it's in a completely different month. Which we all know, Fan Expo actually probably helped them last year with being the same weekend. We saw how it turned out, how well it turned out for Fan Expo being the same weekend. Not very well for them. Did great for Fright Rear. But now, yeah, with with this lineup, which I'm not, I'm not shit on it. I'm happy with it. Not super excited, like, oh my god, I'm finally gonna meet this person, this person. But I like it, and I can't wait to fucking drink and party with my friends. But yeah, I can see, I can see why this is definitely not their best year at all, for sure. This this uh, I'm looking at their guest list. This kind of reminds me of like their 2015 year, minus that they actually had a headliner in Nev Campbell. But it's just everybody in that 2015 was like pretty fucking minimal as far as like who they were. So I mean I I don't know man. Like I, maybe TFW, you got me fucking suspect about you right now. I don't maybe know. it's kind of good though because it has become so overcrowded and overpopulated. Maybe they need to pump the brakes a little bit. Maybe dial down the crowd a little bit because you can barely fucking breathe in that son of a bitch let alone move last year like remember saturday last year you couldn't fucking even oh yeah bumping into everyone every like Mm -hmm. few steps yeah you had to wait 10 minutes just to move 10 steps yeah i feel like a slave um yeah no i know (laughs) what you mean (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean yeah um yeah you know what i mean i mean <laughs> I, I i'm looking at all these other cons like strangling like, dude like i'm i'm seeing like all the like these fucking lexington thing that i see because of that fucking hoochie mama that's spreading that shit like sharon stone like i see that fucking con that's posted everywhere fucking monster mania like monster palooza uh horror hound and it's like everyone's getting some really good fucking people then i look at our list and it's like you get Tracy Lords for two years in a row for a VIP ticket of $250 and a trip to Texas. Great. I'm wasting my fucking money. Thanks, Lloyd. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> yeah, no, I was um I was just looking at uh Pop Rock and Horror. Um that's happening at the end of May. Cause our uh our friends at Studio Cataween will be there. Nice. Where's that? Uh Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, the good old Gettysburg. Good old Gettysburg. Uh, will it be uh, an address there? <laughs> the good old four scores. But um, yeah, so far their lineup: um, Melissa Rose, Heather Langenkamp, uh, Tony Moran, Nick Stahl, uh, George Buza, who we had just talked about with Christmas Horror Story. 
uh, Lachlan Monroe. Oh, nice. Uh, Night at the Roxbury. He was yeah. the fucking the trainer guy. Yeah. Uh, he was a Freddy versus Jason too. Yeah. 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 And uh, dead, dead man, man on campus. campus. Yeah. Dead yeah. Man. <laughs> fucking fucks the shit out of the couch. And, yeah. <laughs> and oh. then um, both Michelle Michaels and Michael Villala from uh, your favorite slumber party massacre farmer. <laughs> slumber party dumpster fire. Lock Monroe and Nick Stahl are the names that caught my attention. I like Nick Stahl. Well, because you've already actor. seen Langing Camp and Felissa. Right. I mean, yeah, I'll see her. Felissa anywhere she goes. I don't care. Well, that yeah. woman is a sweetheart. It's him with Heather. Mark, mark my words, universe. Nick Stahl is an underrated actor. And he's gone unappreciated, and therefore he does not get good roles anymore. But that kid was fucking awesome oh, yeah, as an actor. He, I was like, he kind of got a bad rap from Terminator Three. Like that wasn't his fault. That one movie though should not fucking completely destroy his shit. It wasn't that horrible. No, I mean he was great with Sin City, right? The yellow dude. Wasn't he a fucking disturbing behavior? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's yeah, done a lot of good Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, Every role that I've seen him in, he's crushed it. Trying to think of the one movie he was in with um, what Sissy Spacek. Um, now I gotta look it up because <laughs> it was it, it was a really good movie and it was like nominated for all these awards. Um, in the bedroom. Mm-hmm, bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was it. You guys are Tom Wilkinson, uh, Sissy Spacek, Nurse Tomei. I don't know that movie. No, I've never heard of this. I'm looking uh, at it right now. Karen Allen. It. It, yeah, like it, it was a good one. Um, 2001. Jesus, shows up. <laughs> old I am. I remember seeing that in theaters. Oh, <laughs> damn. Oh, well, they got a lot of uh, they got a lot of Oscar noms. When this, yeah, when this L- one like it, it was one of those top movies of the year. I, I'm surprised I don't remember that movie at all. Like it does not oh. ring a bell. But speaking of the convention circuit, Monster Mania got Steven Dorff, which I am super excited about. And I have an inside woo man who's uh, getting, who's hooking me up. That's going to accept my my foreign domestic goods and is going to get my Cecil B. Demented poster signed by the great man himself. I am uh, very, very fucking excited about that. Yeah, I was uh, said woman is also helping me out so appreciate you and everything you do that woman woman <laughs> woman <laughs> um yeah no i i appreciate it very much yeah but yeah no like um it seems like the new jersey horror kind is like fucking beefing up over the last couple of announcements Dude, well, it just keeps fucking growing like angie everhart why the hell was she not a frightmare I'd rather have her over Tracy Lords. Because <laughs> she went in crybaby. No, but she <laughs> was in Tales from the Crypt. Could have got that shit signed. All right. But was and, she addicted to the knife? Um, I'm sure she was. <laughs> <laughs> but did she have a gun pressed against her anatomy? <laughs> you just I'm sure she did at one point. <laughs> you just keep planting the seeds. <laughs> Shit's going to sprout. Because I'm so in awe with their lineup, I'm just you know I'm just gonna rip off riff off Monster Mania's uh, guest list from March 13th through the 15th. They have Sam Raimi, 
They have a David Harbour from fucking what's that shit? Stranger Things. And they have Stephen. Yeah, they have Stephen Dorff. They have Sting. They have Danny Trejo. They have Jackie Earl Haley. This sounds like an even better version of Texas Fright Me right now. They have Brad Dorff. They have Chris Sarandon. They have Catherine Hicks, who I could I would still give her the D. They have Alex Vincent. They have Fiona Dorff, who would also take all the Ds. Um, they have that guy whose name I can't pronounce, Alec Udgoff. Um, they got Bill Mosley, Richard Brake, that fucking loser. They got Jeff Daniel Phillips, that fucking weirdo. They got Tom Atkins, the man himself, the mustache ride king. They got Sean S. Cunningham, Steve Miner, who was supposed to be a TFW a few years ago, but I think he canceled. Um, and then they have Kate hotter in costume is jason x and then uh cj graham amy Steele, that black girl from dr sleep and ddp uh <laughs> well bang <laughs> bang <laughs> well you know let's keep it going shall we? um march 20 through the 22nd at the grand plaza hotel las vegas nevada christy will be there with her Nightmare Toys booth kicking ass, taking names. I will also be there all weekend long. So, you know, come by. Say hello. Um, guest list for there. We have the entire cast of Hellraiser 2. Uh, Simon Bamford, Doug Bradley, Barbie Wilde, Nick Vince. Uh, Ashley Lawrence is going to be there. Heather Langenkamp. Joe Bob Briggs, the god himself, which means that uh, the other one will not be too far behind. Diana Prince. Uh, Linda the other, Blair. The other three, actually. Her t- <laughs> uh, David Nunn, uh, Amelia Kincaid, uh, Linnea Quigley, Tom Matthews, Beverly Randolph, Ellen Troutman, um, David Howard Thornton, newly added Barry Boswick, and for Friday and Saturday only, Richard Dreyfus. Oh, that guy. He's done a few roles. Yeah. 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 One, one, one or two. Yeah. Just a couple. <laughs> Just a couple. Just to name a few. Just to name a few. And my good friend Jamie, who's going to Monster Palooza in California, is hooking me up because they have Neff Campbell, Matthew Lillard, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, the, uh, 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 John Carroll fucking Lynch. They got Jamie Kennedy, Tom Savini, Rachel True, Faruza Bull, Kane Hodder, Bill Mosley, Nestor fucking Carver, and they got Sandy Johnson. <laughs> so Anthony Michael Hall's doing horror conventions, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right, you know, well, I met him. I met him at my very first convention at RIP Rock and Shock. He seems like a guy I'd like to meet, just because I loved his roles growing up. I, I will. I will say this. I, I have. I have my favorites, but I would say the kindest. My top three kindest and awesome, and would always that like took the time to talk to you that I just found to be very genuine. My list would be Adam Green. Um, it would be. That fucking guy whose name I'm drawing a blank from fucking Reanimator, who I love so much. Jeffrey um, Combs or Bruce Abbott? Nope. Bruce Abbott. Um, so Adam Green, Bruce Abbott, and Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall, literally at Rock Talk, I asked him questions because I was moving to LA. He walked away from his fucking massive line and talked to me for literally 10 fucking minutes while everyone in his line was getting pissed off. And he walked away from his table to talk to me. So for that, yeah. that dude is awesome. Well, hearing this, Lloyd. This is your challenge. Get him for next year. 
Because if you don't try to, uh, you know, make way with Halloween kills, then you're just failing all around. Like you already are. Uh, if you oh. look at John Waters, then your whole fucking reunion was a piece of shit and just like you. And uh, here's a challenger for the listeners. Rewind and replay this episode. And, and every time we say a name, take a drink. You're going to be fucking hammered in the first 15 minutes of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hammered already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then at that point, let's just get into news before we get There's everyone a drinking hammered. game with the outsiders. Drinking game with You are not sober. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, th- this week, a lot of reboot news yet again. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just fucking running through it just because otherwise everyone's going to be fucking drunk. So um, first of all, we'll go. it just got announced today. The amazing and lovely Fiona Dorf is going to be joining the stand. So congratulations, just- CBS Access. You just got my money for right. one month. <laughs> Something about Fiona that's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's all. There's nothing else I can say. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, the stand has a pretty impressive cast for something that's going on a streaming service. I mean, James Marston, um, Alexander Skarsgård. Um, I, I know there's other names in there. I'm not about to look them up. Because people are now taking two more shots. I was going to say, if people are actually playing that drink game, I just said, people are getting fucked. So, moving on. Um, Sony, the dumb fuckers that they are, uh, have decided that the crew reboot is going to be back on the table. Just fucking Mm. let it die. (laughs) Like, this is now three years since they brought this up, and no one is staying on it. Just fucking let it die. I need you to go ahead and get to the reboot news that's going to piss me off. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm about to piss Farmer off, too. So, <laughs> um, Next reboot news. Um, last week, we did our musicals episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out that Taryn Egerton, hot off the Golden Globe win for Rocketman, is in talks mm. for Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, I just saw that today too. Along with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Why? What do you mean, why? Well, he, he'd why? be a good Seymour. The Little Shop of Horrors that we all know and love is a remake itself. Yes, the original is a straight horror film. Right. And the remake that we all know love with Rick Moranis and that is perfectly fine the way it is. It it is. It, we don't need to reboot it. At well, all. We don't you know, they're, it's they're going to do it anyways. So of course they are. But I mean, can you? I mean, at least they got the casting right. It seems like the casting's on the right path. But how many times have we seen a movie with good casting and then all of a sudden? This is true. All right. I mean, all there's right. hopes of the casting, but that's that's the only hope we have for it. Because other than that, why? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, next piece of actually, these two pieces are probably going to piss Farmer off equally. Um, CW has ordered up a new pilot no. for Lost Boys. 
No. <laughs> I'm afraid so, buddy. You should see how straight retarded farmers <laughs> Like he Breathe. almost did a straight up stroke fucking pose. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> I'm looking around my room at all my Lost Boy shit and I'm just getting aggravated. Oh, yeah. Change the fucking subject. <laughs> Here you go, buddy. Yeah, I'm wearing it just for you. Yeah. Wearing it just for you, buddy. He's not even looking. <laughs> He's too busy again. Right now. <laughs> oh yeah, <My> yeah. <laughs> now the place, <laughs> the piece of news that will probably kill Farmer is a uh, his buddies at Blumhouse, which <laughs> I want to hang myself. They're remaking the thing. That's that's the news that's gonna piss me the fuck off. <laughs> and there goes Farmer. <laughs> I mean, god damn, when I saw that, I was like, fucking really? First of all... Cause the Thing is my favorite horror movie of all time, period. Hands down. Spoiler alert, my favorite <coughs> horror movie of all time is The Thing. If you don't remember it, go listen to episode one. <laughs> the Thing is a classic, flat out. You had the, the movie from the 50s. Amazing. For yeah, that movie is a good movie. Classic. Man. Carpenter took it, it elevated it. And it was Amazing. Yeah, it's near it took as long as it did for it to catch on because, like, when it first came out, nobody gave a shit yeah. about it. Yeah, no, damn near perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Then they went and did a remake slash reboot, which was then a prequel. And while I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead, it was shit. I love Wasn't how that they- fucking cockbag Adrian Brody in that movie. I don't know. I don't remember. It. No, no. What I love though is that since it's a prequel, they they because sh- you know, and and the carpenters a thing. They go to that place where the, everything was on fire, and and you have the axe on the wall and and all that stuff. We learn why all that shit is there in the prequel. But other than that, though, the prequel sucked. Like it was so CGI heavy. The the prequel to the thing is the reason why I hate CGI because it took something that could have been fucking cool, a nice little prequel to uh, the thing with to where you find out what happened to the Swedes. And they fucked it up with their shitty ass CGI that they did. And then ever since then, I'm just like, leave the thing alone. And then now we get fucking Blumhouse going, hey, guess what, guys? We're going to do another one that's going to piss y'all off. And Blumhouse is on a shitty streak right now. They really are. And the fact is, they got two movies coming out next month. Well, I guess by the time this comes out this month. And I'm going to see them both, but I don't have high hopes. Problem is, is that Blumhouse has made a shit ton of money off of like their previous horror movies because it's a smaller budget and it, it, they make bank. So they're like, now we're just gonna fucking reboot everything and try this story, try this story, and just not really give a fuck about it. We're just gonna put it out there and people are gonna buy tickets and watch it. They're not giving a fuck about the product that they're releasing, and so these remakes are pissing me off. And you're touching my favorite horror movie, The Thing. So go fuck yourself, Blumhouse. I'm I am now officially a farmer on fuck you, Blumhouse. This is bullshit. I used to not. I've never been a part of the whole fuck you Blumhouse until now. And fuck you Blumhouse. Fuck like, you Blumhouse. Like, sadly, I've been the one campaigning for them because I do enjoy most of their stuff. But I used to as well. Too far. But they've been on a bad streak lately. Like I just said, they, they seem to just not give a fuck anymore. They're just trying to make some money. And yeah, now here they come with the, with the thing. Mm-mm. 
With that being said, well, I see it probably, but <laughs> I mean, still, I'm gonna be angry while I do. I'm, it. I'm sure I'll see it, but at the same time, I'm like, what can you add, or what could this have writer possibly found that elevated the story as is? Because part of me is probably like, you probably just wrote a bunch of shit. Well, part of the like, news that there was part of like the the novel or whatever that it was that's based yeah, off. It, of it, was, it was missing, and it yeah. and it was found. Which, how yeah. many times have we heard that story before? Right. And like, there's, it was probably missing for a reason because it didn't need to be in it. They're probably going to try to make it more complicated and just add shit that doesn't need to be added and take a fucking classic and just take a massive shit on it. And All right. Well, since we're on the subject, we're going to do some fan casting for the lead. Who, who do you want to see as McCready? <sighs> Somebody I don't give a shit about, so I don't have to hate them, <laughs> so I can hate the movie without being feeling guilty about it. Uh, let's see, Denzel Washington. <laughs> you leave Denzel alone. Fuck him. <laughs> you leave Denzel alone. <laughs> Who do you pick, Brian? <laughs> you know, just because I've seen him do dramatic stuff, I think he could pull it off. I wouldn't mind seeing Chris Evans take it. Okay. Okay. Uh, the other Chris, the Star Trek Chris, Hemsworth. No, no Pine. Pine, Chris Pine, Pine. Pine. I can see Chris Pine doing it. I would say Gyllenhaal for me. Gyllenhaal's a good pick. Gyllenhaal's a good pick. Though if they went older, I would say Josh Brolin. I can see Brolin doing it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, because he because he can impersonate anybody and everybody, so <laughs> he could straight up fucking knuckle. But I'd want to get the black guy for Police Academy. <laughs> Winslow, yeah, <laughs> making all the yeah. sense for the thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I would go higher <laughs> cast wise. I, I would probably do uh, what's his name, El- Elvis El. Oh yeah, no, uh, in Detroit Rock City, the security guard. No, um, yeah, that guy. Yeah, the one that was just in Hobbs and Shaw. That's Hobbs and Shaw and and Cats, because we all saw Cats. <laughs> what the fuck is Cats? <laughs> I don't even know why he's in. Um, I don't know no, why. I was I know. he was in that, and then he was good in um, Dark Tower. Just the movie didn't do anything, sadly. Fucking for trying to take Michael Scott's spot in the office. (laughs) (laughs) We need to start an office. He was a forward, right? He was a center. He's a center. He's a saint. He's got an itchy taint. I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) And he's British. He's a British. You leave the man alone. Oh, nobody's left alone on the outsiders. Everybody gets attacked. Everyone gets attacked. Everybody. Everybody. Everyone. <laughs> All right, and the last piece of news I got because well, it was a shitty week news wise. Um, one of the big horror film festivals, as everyone knows, is the Salem Horror Fest. Uh, this year is happening October 1st through October 11th, and they have announced 
three of the movies that will be shown for that frame. Um, they will be showing Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. They'll be showing Prince of Darkness. And for the 40th anniversary, they will be showing Prom Night. Cool. And the cool thing they're doing with Prom Night is that they're going to set it up so it's like you're at a prom while they show it. Hmm. Fancy. You, I, yeah. It was robot dick on my end. Say that. Say the last part again. Um. So when they're showing prom night, they're going to set up whatever area it is as if you're at a prom when they show you. The oh, prom. nice. Yeah, shoulder pads and everything. Yep. <laughs> nice. I'll find my best evening gown. <laughs> So yeah, this this week's news you don't you don't have any good news for us this week apparently. <laughs> no, no. Oh, and, and Joe Bob is going to be there. Joe Bob will be there, mm-hmm. which means Diana Prince will be there. So, all right, Boobs McGee, I'll be there. Will you Why be not? there? Again, still no good news. <laughs> Shockwaves will be there. You know they won't be TFW. Uh, <laughs> Oh, they're gonna play, they're gonna play demons thirty fifth anniversary. Oh, well, there you go. Nice. I'm gonna watch it in the theater. Hopefully, I get trapped in something with a mask. Demons. Sometimes I wonder why I even bother. <laughs> you drunk fuck. Yes, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit longer, a little bit stronger. <laughs> Let's just go into recent watches. <laughs> yes, recent watches. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, I'll go for it. So, um, the first one I got, um, I was told to watch it by uh, Madeline, who is one of our friends in Guillotine Girls Horror Podcast. What up, ladies? Um. And I gotta say, it, it was a very solid uh, independent film. It was done by um, the guy that did Bone Tomahawk and Cell Block '99. Nice, Vince S. Craig, whatever his last name is. But it is, essentially, the movie is about um, a group of cooks that get stuck in a mental asylum that gets locked down during a blackout. Hence, the name Asylum Blackout. Um, but it, it was a solid movie. Uh, give it a watch. Um, you can rent it on Prime. Is this recent watches right now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> um, for coming back, buddy. You're welcome. The, uh, the, the Pittsburgh area was broken down. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, and then uh, the next two I got both theatrical releases. And they both suck. Actually, that's not all. One of them was good up to a point. The other one just flat sucked. Hmm. Are they both horror? They are. Something that came out. Okay, is one of them Gretel and Hansel? Yes. Do we know what the other one is? Hmm. What is it that came out recently? Horror, sorry. <laughs> Easy as oh. Batman. <laughs> uh, what 
was the other fucking horror movie that came out? The, the other one was The Turning, buddy. Oh, The Turning, yeah. Okay, I've so, heard yeah, that no, fucking I, pile I, of shit, so I completely erased that out of so, my fucking head. No, so I that's why I went to Turning today as we're recording this. That's why I just got home. Um, uh-huh. the, the movie itself was a very, very solid gothic horror film. And it got to a point at the ending where they could have just stopped it or maybe like give it like a unique twist. Mm-hmm. However, it was either the studios or the writers just couldn't figure out what to do. And they fucked it up royally to where they like hit the rewind button on it and it just fucked it all to hell, <laughs> hmm. which was a very, very big disappointment because I was really enjoying it up until like the last 15 minutes of the movie. Well, not even last 15, like last probably 10 minutes of the movie. You know, like with this news and like we're talking about how there's been a bad streak of like Blumhouse movies and stuff. The last half of 2019 and the early 2020 horror is struggling when it comes to theatrical releases like bad. Yeah, like and Hansel and Gretel. Or Gretel and Hansel. Where the fuck you want? Yeah, they had we, we, we went and know. saw that last night. And fuck, man, that was so bad. <laughs> like, it is an 87 minute movie, and they treated the pacing like it was a fucking three hour movie. Ooh. Like, it. it uh, 87 minutes, you can't have fucking shit pacing. Like, like it, it was so boring. And it never got better, huh? And it never got better. Like I can't blame the actors because you know the, some of them, you know, it was probably a payday, right? Um, yeah, you get a role, you get and a role. And the, and the girl being from it, like she she needed to branch up. Like, hey, I could do other stuff. Unfortunately, she just, you know, she got fucked. Branched um, out to a story that's been told many, many, many times. Well, the issue with it is they they took a story that everyone knows and loves. And they fucked with it too much to where they're really the only resemblance left is just the names. That's it. Mm. Like they um, even had that action film with dude from Avengers and shit from a few years ago. Yeah. And then we also have like the cool ones that we get like straight to video, like uh, Hansel and Gretel get baked. We had that. Watch <laughs> that before you watch this. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> like. I own that one. I haven't watched it yet, but oh, I that, came that, in a that, horror pack one time. Like, I I'm saying, that, that one is a fun one. I remember that on uh, Netflix. Like that, <laughs> That's a fun one. This one, not fun whatsoever. Like They, they twisted it so much that ugh, I'm, I'm sure people want to see it, but I'm not going to fucking say shit about it, but it, it's awful. Hansel and Gretel, I think of is Freddy's uh, new nightmare. That was kind of a Hansel and Gretel story. They even talk about Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, the Gretel, Gretel, Hansel, I can't even remember which fucking order you can say it. Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I'm just I'm disappointed because like January, while it tends to be like the dumping month where they just put out the horror movies, like. Past January's, we've had some good horror films. Like mm-hmm. we had the Underworld series, we had Cloverfield. Um, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's other ones I can't fucking think of. Oh, um, <clears throat> my Blood Valentine remake. That was January. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what the fuck happened. Like the entire month was just dog shit in the way of horror. Like, I can't, I can't consider uh, Underwater horror because it's more sci-fi. 
Well, just movies in general, it seems like January is like a dumping off point to where people were complaining about them releasing Bad Boys for Life in January. It turned out to be genius on their part because they're fucking still crushing it in the box office. There's nothing else out there for people to yeah. go see. Like, I, like <laughs> while I saw Uncut Gems in January, it, it came out at Christmas. So right. it's can't consider that. But this month alone, the only worthwhile shit in theaters was Bad Boys and Underwater, in my opinion. Gotcha. I do want to see that underwater. It looks it looks pretty cool. It, like it a, has a very uh, aliens underwater type vibe, you know. No, it I, just reminds me of a shittier, like a shitty remake version of the Abyss. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I Maybe. mean, it, no, I mean, it's like I said when I talked about whatever it was last week or the week before. I don't fucking know. Um, right. it, 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 essentially, to me, it should have been part of the Cloverfield universe. Like right. it was, like you could tell it was like made for that period. And the fact that it sat for four years from Fox probably didn't help. Um, didn't so, really that long. Yeah, they they waited that long, and I think Disney knew they weren't making money on it, but they still wanted to put it out there. Hmm. Has it made money? I haven't even looked to see what it No, it, it's bombed fucking horribly. <laughs> oh, that's that's unfortunate. Back to back Christmas Stewart movies have fucking flopped. Because <laughs> you got Charlie's Angels too. <laughs> well, I, I think Charlie's Angels is gonna flop regardless. I don't yeah, I, I don't think that was because that. of her. Yeah. No, she's she's guilty by association. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I I hate Kristen Stewart, but I thought she was good in underwater. So and then we have Fat Ryan Reynolds in there. So, who's your Fat Ryan Reynolds? Fucking uh, Tim Tim uh, Tim Miller. No, um, is that his name? Tim Miller, the the comedic dude. Yeah, that was in Cloverfield and. Uh, yeah, I don't think his name's Deadpool and. Uh, she's out of my league because you know I recently watched that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, T.J. Miller. TJ Miller's. Yeah, okay, I was close. You were close. Him, right? TJ Hooker. <laughs> Book him, Dano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TJ Miller. Yeah, we were on the same track then. Maybe T stands for Tim. Maybe I am right. <laughs> but yeah, so that's all I got. Um, other than the movie we were originally supposed to do, uh, Letter Out, which was second time watching. Uh, it didn't get any better the second time around. <laughs> Didn't like it, huh? I mean, you can talk about any recent watches. We're not talking. It, about I, was, it. I mean, it was okay. Um, it, it seemed like they tried to like mimic the Japanese horror, and it just didn't really work out. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, I, don't know, I, th- I think I gave it like a five. Like, I, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Hmm. Oh, so if we were going to talk about it on an episode, you would give it a five. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. All right. My recent watches are, uh, I went a little uh, Disney, because mm-hmm. I, have, I haven't watched Little Mermaid in forever, so I watched it, <laughs> and uh, it's not as good as I remembered, but I did enjoy it. The songs are still catchy, I guess. Uh, Ursula still has a fat ass. <laughs> I didn't realize how big of ass she got, but you know. And then for the first time I watched Princess and the Frog, I thought that was pretty good. I really enjoy that. I like the the Cajun stereotypes that they do in that movie. Fucking cracks me up. 
yeah, we call that racist here. <laughs> in 2020, yeah. But like 15 years ago or whatever, that, that shit would have been funny. It's like when the movie came out. Uh, for the first time, I watched uh, Tammy and the T-Rex. I was I added it to my queue. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, well, I thought the Shutter version, because it says PG-13, but it turns out the Shutter version is the one that Vinegar Syndrome released, where it's the... It's the R-rated? Yeah, it's the R-rated uncut. For some reason, it's PG-13, but it's it's the actual <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome cut. I love that movie. I thought that was fun. That is great. I mean, it's so corny and cheesy. Like, you straight up get a... Like, at the, the very end, you get a Paul Walker... As a, as a brain in a dish, literally fucking orgasming out of his cerebral <laughs> shit. And it, and Denise Richards, who has never been a good actress, in my opinion. She's just been eye candy, I think, that just caught on. Never thought she's been talented when it comes to acting. But it's, I don't know. The movie was so ridiculous and over the top. And the, and the visual effects were so bad that I really enjoyed it. And I'm sad that I didn't get the cool limited release from Vinegar Syndrome with the cool slipcover and stuff, but I do want to go and pick that up from because that shit was cool. I would say I'll have to give it a watch because I was going to get in 4K, but the $40 price point they wanted was a lot Yeah, exactly. Wide. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it, I had a lot of fun watching it. I really did. And then I watched a documentary called Fat. Fat the documentary where it just talks about... Uh, how how people trying to lose weight are doing it the wrong way to where it's not the whole calorie intake and this stuff and all the conspiracy theories behind losing weight and gaining weight and what's good for you and what's not good for you. Uh, one of my favorite things I took out of the documentary was uh, Dr. John Kellogg, you know, Kellogg's cereal. Uh, Cornflakes, because Dr. John Kellogg was a religious man. And cornflakes was created to be a uh, to reduce sexual desires because you know masturbation and sex are against religion until you're fucking married. So cornflakes was created to make people reduce their sexual feelings, <laughs> and that explains why I don't eat cornflakes. I eat frosted flakes, <laughs> cornflakes. Oh, so that, you, you realize it's the same shit, right? It's just it got is. the powdered sugar on it. Yeah, it's just now I have a better chance of diabetes with no sex. It's great. <laughs> I mean, you're spitting out dust anyways, right? So. <laughs> right. Fucking, <laughs> fucking dust. Yeah, and, and yeah, that, those those were my uh, recent watches. Not, not a whole lot of... Oh, and I watched uh, Let Her Out. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what's funny um i also watched to let her out as a part of well, my recent well, and it, 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 i i i did enjoy it i thought it was very interesting there was very bland moments but overall i enjoyed it and if and if i was going to prepare myself to give it a rating for a show i think i probably would have gave it like a, a a seven like i did enjoy it i like the visual effects there are some creepy elements to it some growth out moments like I was the, 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 the gore, the gore effects were the only yeah, good the part effects of were really good. This is where it had me cringing. So if I was gonna do it for a show, maybe we can do it future. I'd give it a seven, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'd give it a five. Oh so, well, so, that leads so, on to your recent watches there. <laughs> so you watched Let Her Out too, did you? 
I did. I did. It's funny that we all watched it, though. <laughs> it's it's funny. I don't. You know, it just it's it's weird that that happens. I mean, it's it's a rare thing. So I don't know. You know, it's because we all think alike. That's why. So um, yeah. No, I mean, I thought it was a good movie. Um, I like the hooker bullshit, so that was cool. But yeah, I mean, I would give it a five if it was ever on a rating scale. I mean, I don't think we would ever actually cover that movie, but if we did, <laughs> I'd give it a five. Um, um, I watched uh, the the last good dinosaur. On Disney Plus, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had Disney Plus, but you never even admitted to like having. That. You know, you know, some things are better left low key. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, I, I watched the last Good Dinosaur and I loved it. And I cried. Um, so what else did I watch? <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched uh, Reanimator for the nine thousandth time. Yeah, you um, still like it? I still like it. Yeah, you know, I can't get into Pride of Reanimator for some reason. I think that movie is just terrible. Can't watch Brighter Reanimator. It's just nothing, nothing about it. Like really, like calls to me. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that concludes my recent watches. <laughs> oh, okay then. Well, all right. Time to introduce my new segment then, shall we? Sure. Has to have <laughs> echoes, or else we don't cover it. Oh, there'll there'll be some echoes. Um. My new segment, because I wanted to come up with something where I can come up with something every week. And it seems like there's always something that happens during the week that just really frustrates me. And I have a bone to pick with somebody, something, a, a movie, a person, even if it's from my own individual life. I know it's not her related, but hey, this is a platform that I'm on and I'm going to use it. So if I have individual bones to pick with somebody, you're not safe. If, if I'm having a good week and I have nothing to complain about, then I'm going to complain about a movie. Like, why did this bitch not grab the gun instead of the knife or something like that? So every week I should have a, uh, here you go, a bone to pick of the week. There you go. I've got two this week. Let's start out with the with the first more fun one. Mr. Brian Farmer. Um, I have a bone to pick with you, sir. Oh, yeah. I have a bone to pick with you, you son of a bitch. Okay, last week, we reviewed a movie called Repo the Genetic Opera. And um, you took a huge, massive pile of farmer, fuck you, farmer shit all over this movie. You even said the line... That is an hour and a half of my life that I will never get back. Am I correct, sir? I I mean, uh, if if I said it, I'm Good, sure they yes. can always they, they can go back and listen to yeah. it. No, yeah, you can go back to last week and listen to it. Okay. Uh, now uh, we we're boys, so we we conversate throughout the week. Um, what did you watch for a second time this week? What was it? What movie did you watch for a second time this week? Was it Repo the Genetic Opera? Yes, it was. Spoiler alert. It was Repo the Genetic Opera. And uh, and uh, wh- why was that? Why did you watch it for a second time? Because Zydrake comes in a little glass file. <laughs> it, it really does. And, and it caught into your brain. Somehow, some way, you wanted to revisit it. And then you also made a, an eBay purchase recently, did you not? And what was that eBay purchase that you made this week? I bought Repo the Genetic Opera. He bought Repo <laughs> the Genetic Opera. The Blu-ray. He purchased yeah. the movie. 
after watching it a second time, I'm like, he purchased it. Well, you know, fucking Amber Sweet is addicted to the knife. Addicted to the knife. Addicted to the knife. I was addicted. All right. I fucking hated this movie, but then it stuck to me like a bad sore, and I was like, you know what? I, I kind of want to tickle this sore, and then I just realized it's, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, huh? And you straight up put it in the dumpster fire. So what I'm going to need you to do is not only just pluck that out of the dumpster fire, I want you to get that out of the dumpster fire like you're bobbing for apples. I want you to go face first and use your teeth and get that movie out of the dumpster fire with your fucking face and pull that shit right out of there. <laughs> since since the beginning of this podcast, nothing has ever been retracted or rescued from the flames and the depths of hell. But... For one time only, I will go into the dumpster and I will retrieve Repo the Genetic Opera. That is a good boy. So, wait, hold on. That means then that his rating was retracted. So, what's his new rating? What would you give it now after watching it at least twice? Maybe even more. Who knows? Maybe you're kind of keeping quiet. Maybe you've already watched it 10 times. I don't know. But what is your rating now currently? Seven and a half. Seven. <laughs> seven it went from dumpster fire to seven and a half. And it's climbing. It's climbing even higher. Before we even started the show, he was singing me the songs. He is a fan now. And he can't. I blame the production company. I blame the marketing. <laughs> I, I, this, you know, I just, I, I blame, I, I blame the powers that be for this movie failing. Like it did. I still stand by my point that I hate the fucking dreamscape, dreamy filter. I still right. think that that was bad. I, I still think that was bad. I I wish there was still more dialogue in the film opposed to opposed to the singing shit. But I think if there was more dialogue, and I feel like if the dreamy fucking filter bullshit wasn't as prominent as it was, then I feel like maybe we would have received a different film. And then I think that maybe it would have got a little more backing. But I think that whoever put that film out, I don't know the production company, I think that they blew a shit ton of money on it and didn't know what to do with it after they put all the money into it. That would be Lionsgate. Yeah, okay, that doesn't surprise me. How many? This was how many years before Saw was this? Like three? No, this was after, no, was Saw. after Saw. This was after. This was after it, Saw. Like yeah, this, this was after. Things, there's a lot of like uh, film. Like there's a lot of things in the movie, like uh, like even like shit in the background and stuff like that, that was used in the Saw films that they just reused in the movie. Yeah, th this was after props and stuff. This was after Darren was done with the Saw franchise. Yeah, this is after Saw Four. Yeah. <clears throat> oh wow. I thought this was before. The, I thought this was his first movie. And no, no. Saw. This is after his success with uh, Saw. That's how he was able to guerrilla promote it like he did. Because Lionsgate did provide the budget or whatever, but then did not decide to promote it. So they had to promote it themselves. And again, the cult status. And you get people like Farmer to where they'll watch it one time and be like, nah. But then they watch it again. Shit keeps collecting up, and all of a sudden you go from dumpster fire to 7.5, <laughs> like Farmer did. So there you have it. And that is not my only hold on. Big of the week. I have a second one. This one's a little more serious. To the people that are listening that give shit to people that mourn over a public figure slash celebrity that has passed away. To the people that tell people you didn't know them personally and you should not be crying over them, 
fuck you and go fuck yourself. Okay, because this week we lost Kobe Bryant. Uh, Huge loss to me. Loved Kobe Bryant. He was my favorite player of all time. I was he was big for all of us growing up. I mean he is a household name. Everybody knows who Yeah, no, I mean Farmer text me um when it happened. I'm like, dude, I don't believe you because one's fucking TMZ. I don't believe shit that the same right. Same shit happened to me. And the, and then it finally came on ESPN. I'm like, dude, this is real. Yeah. Like, it's legit. And, and I knew the- there was gonna be the backlash from people going, Why are you so upset over somebody you didn't know personally? If somebody oh, okay. makes an impact on your life and and they they have helped you through things, even if they don't know you personally and they've made an impact on your life, like I wouldn't even be a basketball fan one for Kobe Bryant. And and I love basketball. It's an escape from reality for me. And so losing Kobe Bryant was huge to me. And then to the people that go, why are you mourning over uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, but you're not mourning over the other people that, that died? It was very sad, very tragic, but I know nothing about them. So it's hard to mourn over somebody that I have no personal attachment to. It's a very sad story. And just hearing a story like that by itself is very sad. But people go, well, mil- we lose military personnel every day. We have tragedies every day. We do. And it's sad to hear. We we try not to dwell on that because if we're going to dwell on that every single day, then we're not living our own lives. And then when a, a public figure like Kobe Bryant, or I remember the uproar when Paul Walker died, because we talked about him earlier and stuff like that. People that are into pop culture like we are, we we have a, a certain attachment to these people, and when they die, yeah, we didn't know them personally, but it, it hits us hard personally because we we either grew up with them or they they've helped us out in certain ways in our own personal lives. So pretty much overall, big fuck you to the people that say don't mourn over a public figure, and to the ones that say, well, why don't you mourn over? The people that you didn't know. Well, one, I didn't know them. Two, we have a holiday every year called Memorial Day. We remember the people that passed every year that day. So I'm not going to mourn about every single day's tragedies, every single day's military personnel that have fallen and stuff like that. It sucks, but I'm not going to live my life that way. I'm going to celebrate it slash mourn it every Memorial Day. When a public figure like Kobe Bryant dies, I'm going to cry. I've cried multiple times over Kobe Bryant. I'm going to cry about it and I'm going to get through it eventually. I felt like I lost a family member with Kobe Bryant. That's just my personal feeling. You can make fun of that all you want, but that's how I feel. And a big fuck you to the people that say that I'm not allowed to mourn over a public figure. So there you go. Those are my two uh, bones to pick of the week. There you go. That's pretty good, right? (laughs) Bones to pick. Yeah, good. Like, because just thinking about because as we're recording this, we're almost a week right. from when it happened, and we could have posted something on a page or something. But then I was thinking maybe we should do like open the show, you know, with the memorial type speech. But then I'm like, you know, probably people would probably backlash against that and everything. It's not horror related. No, I, I know. But at the same time, I mean, we've talked to other celebrities that have passed that have meant something to us, some way, shape or form mm-hmm. that wasn't horror related. So, well, and Kobe's a huge name. Like I said, whether you were a sports fan or not, you know, Kobe Bryant. 
And when you talk about the three greatest of all time, what are the three names? Jordan, LeBron, Kobe. Those are the three greatest names of all time in basketball. That people are, that are still arguable, but still, th- those are yeah. household names that you all know. Yeah, no, I mean, his name is a name people know. It and it's not like he Floyd moneyed his money away. He actually used his money for charitable causes, did great things with it. He wasn't just balling out of control. He was a great man. People bring up the whole uh, the rape, the rape allegations yeah. bullshit in Colorado. Okay, for one, if that did happen, even though the charges drop, if it did happen, okay, people fucking make mistakes, right? Don't hold that against him on everything else he's done with his life and his millions of dollars. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> but that's bullshit, and yeah, and you shouldn't hate the man just because of shit like that. And yeah, and then the people that say don't cry over somebody that you never known personally, eat a dick. That's all I can say. Because, I mean, we're all big pop culture fans, movie fans, whatever have you. And when certain people die, it hits us in a certain way. So. Yeah. I mean, you're talking like three grown men here that have Disney Plus. So was that? Right. Exactly. (laughs) I just talked about how I watched The Little Mermaid. I'm 34 years old. (laughs) And I watched Little Mermaid free and willingly. (laughs) I feel like I'd be flounder. You know, you're more of that little crab dude. What the fuck is his name? I just watched the cut dude. Yeah. Jacques Cristo, or the fuck his name was. Oh, whatever. All I know is Ursula had a fat ass. So, yeah, do you have a grind, to, a, a gear to grind there, farmer? Oh, wait, he's kind of frozen. There you are. I, uh, I do not. I do not. I've, I've come, I've come to terms figured with it out. That sure. rant made me have to go pee. <laughs> what about you, Stirring? You got anything in the ah-woo? Uh, <laughs> the ah-woo? Uh, um, no. Got, well, you know what? That's a that's a lie. I am sick and tired of these trailers fucking showing everything in the way when it comes to their movies. Just so happens today they released Fast 9 trailer. Fucking way too much. I haven't even seen it. What about it? Like it comes off as too much. So it, they reveal just now randomly after nine movies that Dom had a brother who is being portrayed by John Cena, which one, I already figured Cena was going to be the villain, but then for them pretty you much can't then, see me. Yeah. <laughs> fact that he's a military, but then he's an assassin and he drives fast cars as well. I'm like, you know, the, the, they're just recycling shit now. But then, like the last uh, 20 seconds of the trailer, they shouldn't have shown. Because it shows the return of a certain character. And... Who? Uh, Han. From Tokyo Drift. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we talking the new trailer? Yeah, that, that's this is my gears segment. The fact Uh-oh. that movie trailers oh, yeah, are something wrong with the new trailer? Yeah, fucking show too much. Oh, like you, like the the fact that Hans returns never should have been in that trailer. That should have been now, something that was fucking secret. Could be a twin brother. Because Hans dead. Hans fucking dead. I love. That's one of my favorite franchises. <laughs> I can talk. About this, but. Maybe Han's dead. Maybe maybe he's not. Maybe some. 
I mean, because that, that that franchise does become pretty unbelievable. Like yeah. as as it goes along, it gets more and more ridiculous, which is fine with me because it's movies and it's fun. Yeah. But I mean, that fact that we're now just finding out Tredo had a brother. Like, where yeah. the fuck was this in the other eight movies? Like the, the whole yeah, the whole franchise was about a family, and all of a sudden, John Cena is his brother. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, um, we have the return of Charlie Theron, short hair and all. Um, yeah, I, I like the dreads better. I was at Helen Marin is back as um, Mama Shaw. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I I, I was fucking hard as shit watching that trailer i'm so super excited for this oh no i'm excited for the movie don't get me wrong but i'm sick and tired of these companies showing too much in their trailers right maybe but they kind of did that with the last trailer that they had for the the last actual fest race not hops and Shaw, but yeah but they didn't give away anything no like we don't know like, this like thing we didn't know why why dom was turning on the family yeah, no like this one fucking gave away everything maybe i don't know I think they got some tricks for this sleeve. Hopefully. I hope in part 10 that they go in outer space and that's the end of it. <laughs> that's what I hope for. Because this is definitely not the last one. They've already signed on for at least another one. Oh, yeah, at least get sure, 10 of these bitches. Well, I'm sure there's going to be a Hobbs and Shaw too. Oh, so we can technically have 12 of these bitches. Yes. <laughs> Damn, that's my. So, it's, it's like my new Star Wars. I love the Fast and Furious franchise. I really do. So that, and then, um, hell, even the new trailer for um, Fantasy Island. Like they they gave away way too much shit with that. Do I see what trailers like what you're complaining about right now? Trailers are kind of coming back to where they used to be in like the late seventies, early eighties, to where they revealed everything. Well, they need to stop it. Right. I mean, I agree with you. But they also want to hype it up so they can make sure they make a billion dollars. It's Fast and Furious. It's going to do it anyways. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. There, there's nothing else coming out whenever the fuck it said. May? Was that the date? May? Yeah, May 22nd. <clears throat> so it's Memorial Day weekend. Nothing's going to compete against it. True. And yeah, with it making a billion dollars every fucking movie that comes out, it's. Let's see. I got... Let's see. May. I'm pulling up the camera right now because I guarantee it's not going to do sh- like nothing's going to compete. Farmer, do you like the Fast franchise at all? You know, after Tokyo Drift, I stopped watching. What? You're missing the best ones. Because <laughs> yeah. four was meh, you know, but five through 17, they're great. <laughs> you got to watch. I, I feel content. <laughs> I'm telling you, you get hooked and you have a whole new love for family. That's why people are hooked because it's got crazy action, but the main thing is it's all about family. Okay, so you have Fast and Furious May twenty second. The weekend before is the Scooby Doo animated movie (laughs) and the Saw movie, which the trailer will be dropping Monday as we're recording this. So two days before you're listening, Um, opening against Fast and Furious is SpongeBob. Whoa, that's competition. I know. Um, but then, like, it's nothing until two weeks when Wonder Woman comes out. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, I'm pretty sure Fast and Furious is going to be okay. Like, I got you. 
I don't know. I think they might have some shit to say because they're already obviously planning on a sequel. So, well, it's yeah, like gonna, last one of the. They're, the, they're going to keep going until Vin Diesel dies. So, <laughs> yeah, I hope so because I love it. <laughs> I love them all. <clears throat> I'll, I'll probably just keep buying the fucking sets as they come. I'll probably end up getting them in 4K eventually. I know. I got. I bought the steering wheel Blu-ray to where it has like the seven of them in there. Oh, I have the one that's um, all seven of them, but I got it at uh, Big Lots. But the tire, yeah, I have the tire, right? Yeah, unscrew the tire, and it's got all the discs. Uh, no, mine's just like a normal book, but it's like all. It's got the like the first seven, but it. Uh, it was Big Lots, so it was like fifteen bucks. For Which, uh, all of them on Blu-ray. Since this episode won't come out until uh, later on the week, I mean, uh, happy uh, Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day it is. How about that Super Bowl? That was a crazy Super Bowl, right? Oh, man. What a great Super Bowl. It was close. Came down to the wire, and the fucking Niners pulled it off. <laughs> that's my prediction. I mean, that's my spoiler. I'm Paul Heyman in that shit. Maybe. Go Niners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck Chiefs. Uh, I'm in Chiefs Kingdom and I hate it. I do. I'm gonna have a black eye for our show next week. I'm telling you right now. Uh, what 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 do you think of the Super Bowl, Farmer? Was it pretty good? Did you think it was a good game? I hope you're not allowed to see your kid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that was. Uh, I'm trying dark. to lead on the magic of us. You know, releasing the episode after the Super Bowl, but uh, yeah, it's before the Super Bowl. And then you have to tell me I'm not gonna see. Fuck you, farmer. <laughs> you enjoy your repo. You piece of shit. I do love my repo. Yeah, you do. He's all about it's still, still not even the his final score. I guarantee it's gonna be a 10 by next year. Wow. Ask me, ask me next year. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna have it in his like top ten films ever. So uh, and, and no more, no other segments that we need to talk about. Christy has nightmare toys. Done. Oh, they're moving into uh, you know Vegas right now. They're yep. they're setting that yep. up. You know, it's good good time. Yeehaw! <laughs> Can't wait for that. Which good luck to that. Good luck to that, Christy. But yeah, that was a sky's the limit for her. It is, especially next to that skyscraper fucking ride or whatever, whatever the thing is. Stratosphere. Stratosphere, yeah, that fucking thing. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Farmer. Yes. Which movie are we going to talk about first? Well, we're going to start with the movie that uh, <clears throat> uh, this particular movie came out in 19... I don't actually fucking have the date in front of me. 75. Huh? 75. <laughs> 1975. <laughs> it's, a, it's a movie called uh, Deep Red by uh, the man who Faye, who has an amazing story, which we'll get to shortly. Um, it was uh, directed by the great, uh, the maestro Dario Argento. What, uh, what, this, what did you what did you fucks think about this movie? Was it, what this is the third film of his we've technically done, right? Demons and then Suspiria. Am I, am I missing Demons one? Demons he didn't direct though. He he wrote it though, didn't he? Yeah, he, he, yes, he wrote it. It's yeah. still his. 
Yeah, so it stars Marshall Merrill as a medium and David Hemmings as a pianist who investigates a series of a uh, series of murders performed by a mysterious figure wearing black leather gloves. Giallo to the fucking core, right there, bro. <laughs> and if we remember in the past, I'm not big into Argento films, especially his blood. Oh, the good old paint. The good old paint blood. Yeah, that does not run at all. <laughs> But anyways, I digress. <laughs> Let's talk about a little deep red. Somebody else go. <laughs> All right. Well, fun fact. When it was released in Japan, it was released as Suspiria 2. Oh, even though it has nothing to do with even it. Even though it has nothing to do with it. But they released it that way. Kind of like Troll and Troll 2. Troll 2 has nothing to do with Troll. but Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right, because it's goblins and everything. <laughs> right. Which, who knows, maybe we'll be doing those in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Just gave me um, an idea. <laughs> I would say, th- this is um, the third movie of his, uh, that we've covered um, that I enjoy tremendously. Um, everything from the cinematography to the lighting. Um, the man knows his shit. Okay. Um, okay. I... I I thought it was fun that he had his trademark as uh, the first kill in the movie with the victim going through the glass window. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Which, um, Oh, full disclosure. I watched it on the DVD I own from uh, anchor Bay. It is not the one that they're showing on shutter. That's funny. Cause I watched the, uh, the blu-ray from arrow video. I was at, how long was yours? Was it the one same length as Shutter? Like an no, hour mine forty? Was like a, mine was a little longer, I think. Okay, so longer. you had the two hour cut as well then. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Arrow and Anchor Bay is the original Italian cut that's like two a little over two hours. The one on Shutter is the US cut that's like an hour forty. Hey, I like that cut. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, Jordan Peele. All right, keep going. <laughs> Who me? Oh, yeah. oh okay. Um, well, I mean, for people, for the, our longtime listeners, it's no secret that I, I'm not, a, I'm not big in Ar- Argento style. Now, am I going to say that it's bad? No, I, I get the appeal. I get the attraction to Argento style, and all that stuff. It's just not for me. I really try, especially like with Farmer Shed. I have my story because my first year at Frightmare, I got to have a cigarette with the man and try to talk to him, even though he still can barely speak a damn lick of English. But yeah, I've had my cool moment with Argento, and I thought that was great because I understand that he is a legend in, in his own right, and I'll cherish that moment forever. But when it comes to his movies itself, I just—I I don't know. I've, I've really tried to get into his style, and I and I can't. It is really hard for me. I don't know why. Because generally, I don't like artsy, but I do like artsy. Like I, I flip flop. But there's just something about Argento style to where I don't—I don't get the 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 love and praise. I'm not that impressed with it, especially with like the, with the music. In this movie specifically, the the music kind of threw the movie off completely for me. 
like it'll be quiet and all of a sudden you get the crazy music going on and and it gets me all hyped up and like nothing's going on and then you get the close-ups with like the doll and the knife and it's just, it's just kind of all over the place for me like i was even reading reviews to see why people loved it because i already knew i didn't like it and i'm reading these reviews and everything's about the reason why this movie is great is because of his style I'm like, okay, that's great of his style, but what about the movie itself? Why is the movie itself great? And I get no explanation. It's it's pretty much your cut, dry, slasher type of movie, but it's filmed in the Argento style from in the 70s. I, I generally don't like 70s horror, really. But 70s Italian Argento horror, I just can't get into I, I don't know. Maybe maybe one of you two can help me out here. Like, I don't know. For for me watching Deep Red, it, it was almost almost like a Hitchcock type movie, like with the way the pacing and the shots and everything. Gotcha. And I, I think that's why I, I like like I own four um, Argento movies. Um, three of them we've covered on here. Um, the other one is his uh, Do You Like Hitchcock? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would, it's just even though it's a foreign movie, it's two hours long, like it doesn't seem like it for me. Like, which is funny because just talking about Gretel vs. Hansel, it's an 87 minute movie, but it feels like fucking three hours. <laughs> right. So it, it's all about the pacing, but then even I, I like the kills, like the first kill, the chick goes like she she was a psychic medium and she knew she was fucked the moment she went to open up that door. <laughs> and then she goes crashing through the window and then he just takes her head and just slams it down on the shards of glass. <laughs> right. Which is another bone to pick of the week. She's banging on the window knowing the killer's in there. Why are you banging on the window instead of fucking running away? <laughs> so, <laughs> Why are you banging on the window? But, no, I mean, I, I don't know, there's just like an appeal to it that I loved. I get it. And it's appeal for some, like I, I'm not trashing on people that like Argento. I'm not. Usually I'll trash on something that I think is crap, but other people like, but I, I, I get why other people like it. It's just, it's not for me. I, 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 I've really tried and I just can't get into it. I mean, there's certain aspects of it that I like, but not enough for me to where I'm going to collect everything Argento or go head over heels for Argento. I mean, farmer, I mean, what, what's your feel on Argento period? Um, I mean, he's, he's the maestro for a reason. He's known for that for you. I mean, he is a master of horror. Um, I, agree. I, I do like a majority of his movies. Um, this one was not on my top list of his, though. Um, I never actually seen it until uh, we covered it for the show, but I, uh, I have like I own the fucking Blu-ray. I just never watched it. <clears throat> but um, I, I just I love Dario's style. I think he's innovative, especially Suspiria. His lighting choices, everybody fucking rips off his lighting now. Everybody fucking the neon lights there. Everybody fucking steals that from him, yeah. including you. <laughs> I'm absolutely, yeah. That's why I'm saying I love the fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. 
And my new short coming out uh, probably in a month or so. You can see my short film Eject, and uh, I actually do steal some of Dario Argento's lighting, and then I also steal some lighting from Stir of Echoes. So, yeah. Um, and you also steal some names. Faye. Ah, That's right. Did you get that name? Salem. But, yeah, no, I, I, I am a big uh, Argento fan. I am a big Argento fan, um, but this this film for me it, it wasn't it was not on the same level as like a Suspiria or like a Philomena. Like it's it was to me it wasn't up there, but it's like it's it is up there like in, in like his like a, like on a broad spectrum of his work. But isn't this in one my of top like list, highest rated Huh? Isn't Deep Red like one of his highest rated films? When you like look at like a yeah, of his entire or like rating like. Yeah. Like yeah, this entire catalog. Yeah, it's one of those higher ones. Yeah, yeah, and like Inferno and stuff like that. Like those, like those are all up there with him. But yeah, I mean this this is one of his high rated ones, but it's not one that I connected with as much. I I do I do appreciate the like the Giallo style because it's really like dra- like drag out. And I normally shit on like bad pacing and like just when I hate slow burns. But I don't know something about the Italian cinema, like the way they do horror films. Like it's a lot of slow burns, but it, like it works. So like I, I don't know like I've noticed the difference between like the American style of slow burns and then like the Italian version, but um yeah it's just it, it wasn't it wasn't as great for me as I wanted it to be um I I did I walked into it with no expectations except for the fact that I bought the Blu-ray Texas Frightmare last year and I never watched it till now but <laughs> yeah I, I was not dis- I was not disappointed but I just it wasn't it wasn't up there for me. Let's say my favorite part in the movie was that weird doll thing running out of the room and then dude fucking takes the (laughs) the hatch to him and just knocks off that that doll's head. You know what part I'm talking about? Dude comes running out from the room. Mm -hmm. I thought that was creepy. (laughs) That was cool. I enjoyed that scene. But like everything outside of there, it was either like meh or I was completely bored with it. And like I really have an issue with the music. I, I don't know why it just like music doesn't mesh well for me. I don't I don't get it. I just I like more ominous tones, I guess, instead of just straight up loud music like that. I like more creeping in, more ominous tones. Instead of it's quiet one minute and then loud ass music the next. <clears throat> and like I said, just in general, seventies horror is hit and miss with me. More miss than hit. I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm not going to knock on anybody for like an Argento. I get it. It's just not for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his style's not going to be for everyone. No, no. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the beauty of cinema. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. Right. Some but people I'm, I'm are going to hate it first time, but then absolutely love it a second time. Doesn't that sound familiar this episode? It sounds pretty fucking familiar. Somebody hating a film one time, and then all of a sudden later they fucking love it, right? Farmer, does that sound familiar at all to you, buddy? You fucking <laughs> yeah. I... Shut, Shut the fuck up. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up. Uh, I kind of want to see what his original idea for the movie would have been. Um, Farmer being a filmmaker. Like normally, what's the rule? Like a page is a minute, almost. Yeah. 
So his original first draft was 500 pages. <laughs> and he cut the mo- he cut it down to 321 pages. And then kind of dwindled into what we had. So I kind of want to know what his full take on the movie would have been. Holy like, shit. I, like I'm sure a lot of the pages was just like details of what's going on and I believe it, like if, filler. Right. I mean, if if you realize like it, in a lot of his films, there's a lot of like action. But what I mean by that is like script wise, like there's a lot of like script action, and like, there's like a lot of movement, and like I'm sure as fuck he describes every movement and like what like the what the subject is doing and what the subject is holding what they're wearing like where they're looking i'm sure he's like really fucking like uh like like articulate like that like in the in the scripts cuz it's sure as fucking the dialogue <laughs> no it's not where, where like uh, on on like the list of our gentle films like where was this for you um i would i would probably put this um his entire catalog number three for me what are the first two uh the suspirian demons yeah no i could see that so yeah i mean um, for me it was was like suspiria it was philomena it was inferno and then it was this yeah so um i really don't remember inferno I, i would have to watch it again um same with uh philomena um i do like his cut of dawn of the dead um or um zombie as he called it in your head i just heard zombie so i started thinking of the cranberry song (laughs) yeah i'm talking about um argento's cut of dawn of the dead that uh Uh, you can find a cut of dawn of the dead yeah he uh made a cut for when it was released in italy so you, you could find it um on a lot of the box sets that have multiple cuts, his is the European cut. Okay. I'll check that out. See if I like Argento's style of that movie, because I like Dawn of the Dead. Not my favorite, but maybe Argento's version is my favorite. All right. What do you guys rate this? Uh, I'll go first, since I'm obviously one that's going to kind of shit on it a little bit. <clears throat> There, there was things here and there that I liked, but I mean, it, it's hard for me to, to like just generally this style at all. So I'm going to have to go three. I'm going three out of ten. Hmm. I mean, my bad, but <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. It's, it's all good. That's why there's a rating system. And, um, <laughs> I, and you, Mr. Awu. Awu. <laughs> Mr. Awu. <laughs> Next week is going to be Auga. <laughs> um, I gave it a solid nine. Um, I, I, I dug the movie. <laughs> and I gave it a six. Six, huh? It, it was a little bit of a disappointment for you. It was. Yeah, it was. Seen it because I, I figured since you picked it that it was a movie that you actually haven't either watched before or haven't watched in a long time. Because that's kind of how your time. picks go. You always pick movies that you really haven't either seen or haven't seen in a long time. So, well, I, I figured he was just picking shit off Shutter randomly. Oh, <laughs> that's no. what I first thought. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, let's let's just throw beer cans at the TV, see where it hits, right? <laughs> 
Well, give me those like cans back. It's five cents. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on. All right, man. All right, let's go for your air quote second pick. <laughs> My second pick uh, was a film called Bliss. Uh, it came out in 2019 by director Joe Bigos. Um, they describe it as a vampire film that concerns an artist named Desi, played by Dora Madison, who I fucking adore, um, from a Chicago fire. No longer on the show because she got killed off. Um, uh, I remember her from Friday Night Lights. Oh, yeah. so she's been in some shit. Yeah. yeah. She was on the Friday Night Lights uh, TV show. Okay. Yep. She uh, descends into madness after a night taking hallucinogenic drug to overcome a creative block from painting. Um, This film was edited by Josh Ether. Josh Ether, what's up, my man? Um, My editor, Ed Marks, actually trained Josh Ether. So uh, Josh also works for Adam Green. So yeah, Josh is a good dude. He was uh, was a part of a movie called Almost Human. Which was a great movie. Yeah. So I got to ask, is there a personal attachment here, Farmer, with this movie with certain names or anything? Uh, Actually, Dora Madison. Yeah. Uh, I filmed Blue Call, the uh, paramedic movie that's coming out originally. uh, My lead was supposed to be Dora Madison. Hmm. Before I got, um, uh, what the fuck? Katie LeClaire from Switch to Birth from the ABC family. Um, Originally, it was supposed to be Dora. So, I uh, I'm familiar with Dora. I've talked to Dora. Dora is a fucking amazing. She's a great actress. I love her. Except she didn't do Blue Call, so I kind of fucking hate you. But I understand. <laughs> he loves you, but he hates you. <laughs> I want to touch your mom. Um, <laughs> if if I could Weinstein you, I would. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Give that man an Oscar right now, right? He said Weinstein, though. Not Cosby, just Weinstein. Weinstein, they were all conscious. Cosby, they're unconscious. So, <laughs> I don't give me that much there for <laughs> I'll, I'll go last on this one, but what uh, what did you guys think of Bliss? <clears throat> um, well, right off the bat, I'll say I liked the, the warning at the very beginning of the movie about epilepsy. <laughs> Now can uh, all the strobes can cause epileptic seizures, but what they did not warn you is how dizzy the movie can fucking make you with the cinematography in this movie. All the constant spinning, spinning, spinning. Oh wait, no wait, no. There's more spinning, and <laughs> more spinning, and more flashlights, and more red and blue, and more spinning throughout the entire movie. To where you're like, okay, am I watching a movie or am I just trying to make myself fucking sick? So, while you're watching all this spinning and strobe effects, you're trying to find a movie inside of this. I didn't know it was a vampire flick until probably the last 20 minutes of the fucking movie. And I, like, I get the whole bloodthirst and all that stuff, but I'm like, that that's too easy for me to go, oh, it's vampire. And then the weirdo, was it bloodthirst or is she tripping on drugs? Is it really drugs or is she really thirsting on blood? Is she really attacking the dude from Cheers? Like, nope. <laughs> like it, 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 I'll, I'll give you this. The movie caught my attention to where I did not even look at my phone the whole time while I was watching the movie. 
because I was like, what the fuck is this? The only reason I walked away from the film because it was making me dizzy as fuck. <laughs> Other than that, I was glued to the movie trying to figure out what the fuck this movie was trying to tell me, what kind of story it was trying to tell. I couldn't figure it out. I love the painting that she did and how it went from this weird uh, tunnel into this pile of bodies leading up to this fucking body. I was glued. So I'll give it that. I will give it. And, and then, you know, chicks constantly naked. Nothing wrong with that. Great times. Um, so I don't know. I'm very uh, bipolar with this movie as, as it's going on. I'm like, this is entertaining, but yet I'm having a hard time watching it. It's making me dizzy. I'm glad I'm not prone to epileptic seizures because I would have had one easily, hands down, with all the strobes and all that stuff. So cinematography and all that stuff. I don't know if you know the person, Farmer, but the cinematography sucked. Hated I it. I do not know them. It was awful. Don't do that so much. I get a shot or two of like the spinning and the strobe, but the entire movie, no. Bad. Don't do that. That is awful. Especially when, if you're trying to tell an actual story, which it took me really hard to find a story into this movie. So, yeah, overall, I, I guess you can say I'm getting to the point to where I wasn't really amused with this movie. It had entertaining aspects. I, enjoy, I, I, I can say I enjoyed watching the movie. Will I ever watch it again? Fuck no, I will never watch this movie again. Ever. I will never recommend it to anybody. I will not even fucking sneeze in the direction of the movie. If that makes any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. So All right. Um, make sense to you guys. <laughs> but, I was, I was, were, were you drinking the entire time, Faye? Is that why you... No, didn't I like, was completely sober. That's what well, well, maybe if that I was, was drunk while they were spinning, I would have thrown up. But, okay, because I I did like the movie. I knew about it before like it was coming on Shudder. Um, we didn't get her around here, which was sad. Um, I knew it was a vampire movie from the get-go. It had a theatrical release. It did. It, it was like art house cinema. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, I like I love the gritty aspect of it. I love the lighting and cinematography. I love the shot of her coming out of the bathroom and she's just kind of like gliding against the floor as the band's playing in the background. Um, I loved all the blood and gore. Um, Dora was, I thought, a great choice for that girl. Um, what was it, Ray or Rise Wakefield or whatever? The dude from the Purge. He he was kind of just like whatever. Um, damn, but, so I didn't recognize anybody in this in this movie. I didn't recognize a damn person. Yeah, right. Um, Rise was. The guy like vampire. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he he was that rich kid douchebag in the original Purge movie that was trying to get in. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Well, then, okay, that makes sense because original. But um, but no, like, I don't know. There was just I, I like how they like pulled in elements of Lost Boys and Near Dark and. Uh, I thought it was a fun movie. Here, here's a positive that I will say about this movie that, that I actually really liked was the lead actress. 
she impressed me. There was never a time to where I was like, man, she's acting too hard or anything like that. Cause I do that a lot with like these like indie films and stuff like that. I'll sit there and go, man, they're obviously an amateur or something like that. Her, I believed everything that she did. I believe everything she said. I believed all the different emotions she was going through. She did great. She had me believe in everything that she's doing. I really think she fucking painted that if she did or not. I, and I love that fucking painting, dude. That painting. I was, was that painting was bad. Dope as fuck. And then that was dope as fuck. And she was a hell of an actress. I yeah. I, I applaud her. I definitely applaud her. I, I'm I'm big fan of her. I want to see her more. And apparently she's been in some stuff. So apparently yeah. I need to catch up on some shit. But then then I I like the ending of the movie, like caught me off guard because normally once you kill the head vampire, you know everything's like good. It's great. But then like the sun came up and she just fucking exploded. Right. And yeah, and that's what threw me off because going into see like people like going into movies blind. I don't, I like to at least have a little bit of background of what I'm getting into. Like is it a vampire story or something like that? This movie completely blind and watching it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then yeah, like you just said, she just completely explodes at the rain. And I was like, Whoa, Okay. <laughs> That's fucking me up a little bit. I mean, I figured out it was a vampire story once the blood lust and the biting of the necks and shit like that happened. But yeah, it was also very reminiscent of uh, innocent blood. See, I don't know that one. That, that, that was an old John Landis movie. It was his oh, vampire shit. movie. Oh, well. If you remember with that. um what's <laughs> with uh Anthony what's it pleasure is that how you pronounce his last name? I don't know. What um, what we've learned in 45 episodes is that we don't know how to pronounce a name to save right. No, I was but, I would, it was it was the guy that owned the record shop in Empire Records. Oh, okay. Yeah, he plays a NY City cop. It's him, uh Robert Loja. Loja. <laughs> L. Is it Robert Loja? Loja. Oh. R. Loja. Oh. Loja. <laughs> Me. But yeah, so no, that's it, my opinion. I, I, I thought it was good and I, I would recommend it. All right. Find what you got, Playboy. You know, when I watched this movie, the first thing that stuck out to me is I felt like I saw a portion of this movie before. And I realized in some way I did because to me, this feels like the female version of Ethan Embry's Devil's Candy. Okay. I I could see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. So I never even thought about dating that comparison. Yeah. So like, like, especially with like the, like the music and like the way it motivates the camera and motivates like the, the subject and everything. I was just like, wow, like it, it really like it kind of like it takes tropes from that. Um, I was I was a big fan of Bliss. I liked it. I uh, I, I was entertained. I thought I didn't know what to expect. Like I thought I didn't even see it until fucking yesterday. I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? And none of us saw it until yesterday. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, but no, like I saw like a lot a lot of Devil's Candy in it. Um, I like I like how a lot of it was shot on vintage lenses. That's why there's a lot of grain in uh, in each scene. That's why like there's a lot of like spots everywhere. Um, especially when she's inside of her apartment and everything, it's uh, it was very stylized. Um, this film was definitely like a, a true indie. Um, it had good, it had good stylization to it. Like it was very like art house, like art house experimental horror. 
Um, I, I was kind of, I felt like I kind of had like some like near dark type of like a atmospherical type of shit, like towards like the towards the end of the film. Uh, but o- overall, I enjoyed it a lot though. I liked it. I thought it was good. I uh, I didn't. I like the cinematography. I like it. I like uh, all the experimental fucking shots, like the way like uh, when she's doing drugs, the way the camera just makes you want to fucking throw up like a roller coaster. Um, I like the use of all the lighting. Again, uh, Dario Argento lighting is what we'll call it. Um, yeah, no, I was I was very impressed by the 80 minutes that I watched. So you, so you like trying to make the, the crowd sick? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's good because uh, you you feel like you're really in there with like with the character, especially when she's like when she's tripping off fucking drugs and the way the camera like just moves with her, it's like very like voyeuristic, like as if the camera is motivated by somebody else watching. So if she's high high on drugs, then everybody else needs to also at the same time. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a roller coaster ride. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but no, like when I first watched it, I was like, this is like the fucking chick version of Devil's Candy. That's what I thought immediately. <laughs> I never thought about that comparison, but yeah, I see that for sure. I like that comparison, especially with like the art shit too, right? With the, with the painting and all that. Which mm-hmm. <clears throat> goddamn that painting ended up being bad, fucking ass. If I would have just saw that painting by itself, I would just think it was cool. But watching as the painting progressed, that painting became more and more cool to me. So I think that's how a lot of like artwork like that should be so where we can let, let's watch a, a transition of, of a canvas turn into a painting. Then I'll have more appreciation for art. But while we're doing that, don't fucking spin the camera around in circles <laughs> and fucking make me sick. <laughs> so, yeah, so like, it, like they're experimenting. Yeah, I like, you like the whole like spinning the camera 360 where everybody's upside down, inside out, upside down. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, you like the gyroscope of the lighting was fucking great. I love the little vintage lenses that they used. Like that's why like everything. Had lighting was weird. great. I have no yeah. complaints about the lighting at all, and the whole flashing the strobes and stuff like that. I, I get why they did that warning. If you do, or if you it. are prone to like seizures, yeah. then yeah, don't watch this movie because it's gonna put you in one. But that's not my problem. It it was the constant spinning of the camera is my issue. Why do we have to constantly rotate the camera? Like you're rotating the camera when they're doing a three-way sex. You're rotating the camera for everything. Just rotate the camera for specific scenes when you're trying to express that artistic ability, not just people fucking. Let's spin the camera then. I mean... I think they overused it, is my point. They overused the spinning. I mean, did you ever get dizzy watching it string? No. Because it was constant spinning. No, because I've seen other movies do that. The cinematography was almost like what it would be for like a French movie, like um, Irreversible, um, something to that extent. So... The fact that I've seen it done in other movies, it didn't like give me issues. Um, and, and farmer, you, you 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 didn't think that there was an overuse of the spinning camera. Um, I, I could see why you would think there was an overuse, but to me, it, it was justified because it was motivated for what was happening. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I agree. I just think it was overused. 
I don't know. Um, rate that shit. As I say, I, as I'm gonna give my rating. Uh, after this conversation, I have to boost it up. Uh, after talking to you guys and stuff like that, I was gonna go lower. I have to get a little boost because I understand what y'all are saying. I'm gonna boost it up to a five out of ten. I was originally going four, but after hearing y'all, I get it and understand. I'm, I'm gonna I have to meet in the middle. I enjoyed the film, had me glued. I was interested in what was going on. I like going in completely blind. I didn't even know it was a vampire film. Chick exploding, that was cool. I love the painting. But it's it's literally just mashing right in the middle for me. I have to go five. How about you, String? What you got? Well, when I was watching the movie, at first I had a six because nothing interesting was going on. And then the shit went off the rails and became more interesting for me. And then with all the cinematography and gore and everything, um, my final rating ended up being an eight. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's pretty big. All right, farmer, lay it on us, buddy. Um, I, I'll say to any indie filmmaker who's trying to create a style to be different, I would steal from this movie. If I were you, I would fucking steal. I would steal. Um, I never do this, but to me, indie, what they accomplished, I'm giving it a ten. Oh my wow. god! Dora crushed it. I loved it. I was yeah. like, she did. Um, their their next one together, um, ironically, is VFW, which I had brought up episodes back for a film that I was looking forward to seeing because it was about a group of retired veterans um, trying to protect their bar from kids that were hopped up on drugs. And she's in the movie as well. And it comes out on Valentine's Day. So I'm definitely checking it out. Great. Fuck yeah. Because they had a, I mean, the casting was great. It had uh, Stephen Lang and William Sadler. Uh, Fred Williamson was in it. Um, Martin Cove was in it. Did Faye die? <laughs> um, I think he went to take a piss. Again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I have waited until like the very end. So Doors in VFW, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Her and uh, same director. And I'm pretty sure he wrote it again too. Is there a trailer out for it? Yeah. Um, here I'll send I, it to you. Just find it. Okay, I'm gonna watch it right now. Ah, uh, George Went is in this also. Yep. Yeah. Wh- wh- how the hell did George Went end up being in this movie? Um, I think he's just friends with the director. Ah, uh, that's one of those. Uh, you're you're not doing anything, so uh, take a take a spot and. Because I'm pretty sure they did all the recording for George Went in that one scene in the room. Mm-hmm. Because then at the end, when she's like seeing the her past victims crawling towards her, George Went's not a part of it. Yeah, no. I was that. I mean, the victims was very um, werewolf in London esque. I'll say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I 110 percent agree with that. All right, VFW seems like a, a lower budget version of what he just had in Bliss to me. Um, the VF, VFW, me just watching this trailer, he, he just he's overutilizing the fucking neon punch light like the uh, Argento shit, but it does not. It looks like a bootleg version of uh, Green Room. <laughs> yeah, it kind of. 
It kind of like seemed like a selling precinct, but in a bar. I say, why? Yeah. Why are you hyping up VFW string? Um, it's the same director. Okay. Um, because you've talked about that movie before. Yeah, it's the same director, and Dora is in it as well. Okay. She looks like a. She looks like that bitch in fucking um, Dream Warriors, the one with the the the, the, the spiky black hair. Oh yeah, Taryn. Yeah. Jennifer uh, Rubin. Rubin. There you go. Yep. Yeah. She looks yeah. like her in that movie. Yeah. 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 So no, I'll definitely be checking that out, and I'll make sure to talk about it. So. Right on. Right on. Well. Um. Okay. Is that was that what everybody has to say about these films? Huh. I want to say yeah. I believe so. All right. So uh, what what we got next week there? Uh, next week is your pick, String. Yep. Um, next week uh, is... Ooh. Uh, <laughs> um, next week's going to be our Valentine's Day episode. Kind of, yeah. So we're going to be going uh, back to the old school versus our remake and be doing My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Any special guests? Oh yes, we we may or may not be having the dolls of horror on the episode, so Faye can get his rocks off <laughs> while while we record. Say, uh, next episode is gonna be filled with a lot of fun and drama. It's gonna be a good time. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be full of math. <laughs> Oh, right on. Well, you, you heard that here first, folks. For next week. Tune next week for Original vs. Remake. Let us know what you saw this episode. Let us know anything and everything that you have in response to the episode we had tonight. For me personally, I'd like to hear what you think about what I said on uh, Kobe and Farmer fucking going from dumpster fire to 7.5. <laughs> I think that'd be a, a, a fantastic thing I'd love to hear personally. And if there was ever a closing remark ever to an episode or anything in life, it would be this. Fuck you, Daryl Hook. <laughs> String, any any closing remarks? No. <laughs> the man of very few words. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's an oh. <laughs> Good night and welcome. I mean, he's amazing. Pass me the damn ball. I don't need a pick at all.